and welcome to your new favorite bookish podcast, Fully Booked and Caffeinated. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Heather. And today we have our monthly bonus episode, Bookish Banter, where we discuss the other books we've been reading this past month, whether we recommend them, and also our other favorite pop culture obsessions. This is December's recap, so we're preparing for the new year. We're preparing for that seasonal depression to really take hold. Mm -hmm. Um, Heather, are you done watching Lifetime Christmas movies officially? I am officially done watching the Hallmark Christmas movies, but they've been showing promos for their new movies in January. And I think I'm going to torture myself and watch them year round. Wait, they're Chris- new Christmas movies? Just new Hallmark movies. Like Got the one it. in January okay. is about golf. Oh, and you are a sports romance girly. Yeah, not, not golf <laughs> at all. But I told Eric, I was like, I think I'm going to subject myself to Hallmark movies for a whole year that aren't just Christmas and see if I like them. (laughs) Wow, this is going to be... I'm curious to see what happens because it's like without the magic of Christmas... I know. Are you going to be able to look past sometimes ludicrous storylines because now i'm just so invested in these actors because they're it's repeat actors oh yeah and every year Mm -hmm. in in the hallmark christmas movies and there's some that i like more than others so i think i'm gonna give it a shot and see how it goes it's january nothing's really on in january that's a couple hallmark movies and see how it goes i love this (laughs) this is i mean i'm a little bit concerned for you but it's okay i'll check in no big deal (laughs) um (laughs) Okay, so what are you drinking today? So this morning, I got a fun little Starbucks drink that I discovered at Target last week. It was their drink of the month that they mm-hmm. created, and it sounded delicious. So it's a iced blonde espresso with oat milk and three shots of the cinnamon syrup and three shots of the white mocha syrup. Ooh, okay. It's very delicious. That sounds good. I love their cinnamon syrup. It's basically like a cinnamon roll. It's kind of mm-hmm. like what it tastes like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you went and did that this morning? That's so impressive. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, but I left the house in my pajamas. Did not get changed. I mean, why would you? Threw Come my on. sweater on and got in the car, went to the drive through and I was like, hey. <laughs> we've, we've talked about it. This week, nothing matters. Doesn't exist. <laughs> what about you? Well, I have a hot coffee today. Who is she? I don't know. Um, so I have I have like three Nespresso pods in here. I don't know. It's been a rough morning. <laughs> oh, the no. morning just started and it's rough. So I've got a gingerbread pod, a Scuro double espresso pod, and then I don't remember the name of the other one. It's a different espresso. It's a oh lot. Oh my god. Yeah. Um I'm shaking a little bit. Anyway, also it has cinnamon roll coffee creamer. So, so we're, on, we're on brand today. Exactly. We both have our little cinnamon rolls. I would love an actual cinnamon roll. Same. That sounds wonderful right now. Same. But I'll settle for this hot coffee. I'm sweating, but <laughs> everything is fine. For the cause. Yeah, it's... It is what it is. But I, I don't have to chug it before it cools down because I did put it in my Yeti so that Ooh, it'll stay warm. Very nice. So, all right. So now that we're done talking about privileged people coffee problems, um, let's get into our episode. We do have a special announcement at the end. So make sure you listen to the end. Let's get into our reads. Um, would you like me to go first? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, so at the beginning of the month, I was in kind of like a, not a, I wasn't very focused 
on reading. So I started with Kutri by Blake Rudman. This was sent to me by the author in exchange for my review on Goodreads and Amazon. So I really like the plot. I really like the storyline. It's set in a dystopian, misogynistic future where women are rare and therefore highly valued, but they're also considered property in order to procreate. Oh, damn. Yeah. So very intense, very up my alley. Some of the writing was just super heavy. And there was a lot of information. Mm. And half of it wasn't even necessary for the plot. So a couple times I was just like, I don't know. I don't remember this. Did I read this already? Like there was just a lot of extra that didn't need to be in there. But I would definitely be open to reading more from this author because the concept of the book is great. It's just the writing style wasn't my favorite. Okay. So I'd, I'd have to give him another try to to make a decision. But this book I liked. I, you know, I think, sure, it's worth reading. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my my glowing recommendation. Um, but then once we read our book club book, which is Shiver by Allie Reynolds, I was like, oh, okay. Now I'm I'm back She's into back. it. She's back. I'm I'm ready. Let's do this. So I think we both really enjoyed this one. Mostly I everyone did. at book club enjoyed it. It was good. It's very atmospheric. It's the perfect winter thriller. You pointed out that it has very similar vibes to In My Dreams I Hold a Knife. And also the I- sanatorium that we we read basically the sanatorium and shiver back to back. Yes. So it's just some a lot of winter-esque And books. also um, a couple people at book club said One by One by Ruth by Ware Ruth is Ware. very similar mm-hmm. to this. So all the same type of thing. This one has a lot of snowboarding talk. So if you're into snowboarding, you'll enjoy it extra. I didn't find it like it didn't ruin it for me because I'm not into snowboarding. But there was a it was a little much. It was it was a lot. There was a lot of snow snowboard talk and terms lingo. And I don't know anything about snowboarding. And I think I would have given it a better rating if it wasn't as much snowboard. But it was still a decent thriller. Yeah, I agree. It also made me feel as a non-athletic person, just a little self-conscious. I was like, wow, (laughs) I wish that I could snowboard. That sounds Mm -hmm. fun. Even though they were talking about like almost dying all the time, but it still sounded fun. Mm -hmm. It did. Like, I want to do a little backflip off this mountain. Um, But once again, avalanches. Everyone just ignores the avalanches. And I don't know. I I don't know why no one is worried about avalanches as much as I am. Anyway, so then I read, accidentally, I read two books by the same author. So both are by Joe Hill. First, his heart-shaped box. This is super unique ghost story. The main character buys a ghost off the internet. And then said ghost begins haunting him. Duh. And he realizes that he needs to dig into the history of the ghost in order to stop it from haunting him. Okay. Which like, you should have foreseen this, but okay. The main character is really punchable and awful. (laughs) But... He has like some redeeming growth moments. So there is character development, but I could see how someone would start this book and immediately be like, I can't handle this man who is the main character. Um, So there's not so much to the story. It's like a pretty to the point. Like it's all about this ghost and, you know, finding his life story. But I enjoyed it and I thought it was creepy. Like there was some scenes where he's like walking down the hall and the ghost is just like sitting in a rocking chair in the corner. 
Oh, no, thank you. And I'm like, that's fucking creepy. No, thank you. Yeah, so I did enjoy it. And then the reason that I accidentally read a second book by the same author is because I read Nosferatu. And that's because this is a Christmas horror story. Oh. So I had to read it and I actually finished it on Christmas. Very, very on brand again. Yeah. So, you know, because I need a little darkness in my holiday spirit. Um, It's actually a horror story about a place called Christmas Land where this creepy old guy kidnaps kids and brings them to Christmas Land and both the children and the old guy live forever. Oh. Yeah. So if the book, this book is like over 700 pages. Jesus. Yes. So if this book was half as long, I might have actually rated it five stars. Like I really, really enjoyed reading it, but it ended up being really repetitive. And then by the time you get to the big finale, the buildup was too long. Like I just wasn't excited anymore. I was kind of like relieved that we got to the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I did find out that Joe Hill is actually Stephen King's son. Um, I was just going to say, is, is so it's kind of like Stephen King-like, where it's such a yes. long book. So I That's was like, wild. this makes sense. Like the long-windedness tracks because this is Stephen King's son. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's isn't that cool. so weird? That's actually really cool that he followed in, that he, oh my God, that he followed in his father's footsteps and became an a horror author as well. Yes, and his mother is an author also, not horror, but both that's, his parents are authors. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So, a lot of creativity in that family. I know. Um okay, so I also read Every Last Secret by AR Tory. This was a domestic thriller, so it's a little low stakes, but it was well paced and they kind of let you know all along what's coming, but I was still really invested in seeing how it would all unfold. There's some like creepy, cringeworthy parts. And then there's just a lot of like domestic unhappiness. If you're into those like happy wife, happy life thrillers, this is a good one. And I like A.R. Tori. I like her writing. So then I read this one, which I know you read a while ago. I don't know why I was putting it off for so long. Are You Sleeping? by Mm. Kathleen Barber. This is another one where I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like I wanted to reach into the book and shake the main character. Uh Uh-huh. But I was still so invested. Like was I, I was glued to it. I needed to see how it played out. I liked how they tied in the podcast and the Reddit threads because it kind of breaks up the mm-hmm. normal format. So once I finished it, I was actually surprised how much I liked it because I kind of knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But overall, I really liked it. Good. I'm glad. And then I read Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. I'm just apparently trying to put all of my winter TBR into (laughs) December. We still have three more months of winter, but it's fine. Um, This one was really good. It had dual timelines, a little bit of supernatural spookiness, which all of her books have. And I'm really happy that I enjoyed it because I read a book by her, not this past year, last year, The Children on the Hill, and I was obsessed with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I went out and bought like four more books by her because I was like, <laughs> she's amazing. And then the next one I read, I was not a fan of. And I was like- I remember oh. that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, have I made a grave mistake? And this one I really liked. It was- a good winner read. You know how sometimes with dual timelines, like you can tell that one timeline is driving the story. Mm-hmm. 
and the other is just there to balance it out. Yeah. With this one, I actually liked both timelines equally. That's good. Yeah. So I think that's why I liked it so much. Some people didn't like the ending because it was kind of abrupt, but I, I thought that it explained everything, all of the questions. So I don't know. And then last but not least, my favorite read this month, which is also a shock to me, None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Oh my God. I just started the audiobook last night. I am very excited to see what you think about it. Because I'm only surprised because I consistently like Lisa Jewell. Like everything that I've read by her, I've really liked, but none of them are like five stars. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're just consistently good thrillers. And I'm just like, okay, I I know that I'm going to like it. And even from the description, I thought I knew what to expect. So I was just kind of like, meh about it. But I ended up loving it. Halfway through, it takes a really dark turn. The pacing picks up. Like, it's it's a good one. I, I really like this one. So I'm excited to hear. Oh, that's, that's so funny. I didn't even realize that you read that this month. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone from book club actually lent it to me. And I was like, okay, let me let me read this one. But I'm excited to hear next month what you thought of it. Yes, definitely. All right. So tell us about your reads because you read a lot this month. I actually had more than our podcast read reads this month, which shocking, I know. But it's actually because I did start to listen to audiobooks. I can confirm I do like audiobooks, but not romance audiobooks. I listened. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I'll get to that. So the first, well, we like we said, I read Shiver by Allie Reynolds. Definitely enjoyed it. And then I had two audiobooks. So I listened to All Good People Here by Ashley Flowers and definitely John Bonet vibes. Mm-hmm. But it was good. This was another one that was dual timelines as well. And it was pretty, it was, it was good. I didn't know what to expect because Ashley Flowers you know, does Crime Junkie and a couple other podcasts. And so obviously, she's very informative on true crime. So it was kind of what you had said to me before I read it. It was kind of predictable. It was Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, you've heard this before. But there were a lot of red herrings. And I can appreciate good red herrings. A couple Mm -hmm. times I thought I knew it was going to happen and then discovered, no, that was not true. (laughs) So yeah, it was good. (laughs) And then I listened to Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, which is a steam me romance and i think i've discovered that i can read smut i can't listen to it okay no it's too cringy for me so i'm going to i'm going to shy away from books i know are super steamy on audiobooks and just stick to my kindle for those ones okay <laughs> but so it was it's still... just like hearing it out loud yes, is weird I was like no 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 i don't i don't like this this isn't this isn't for me which is like funny because like i don't mind reading it but hearing it was a different vibe and but it was good until I got to the epilogue and the epilogue was bad. So it really okay. Yes, it would have been a solid four stars, but I dropped it to three point five because of the epilogue. Okay, I was like, no, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so you recommend it, but not. I do. I highly. do recommend it. It is long. <laughs> it's like over four hundred pages. Okay, and it's is sports romance, so ice skating slash hockey. Okay. But it was good. It was her debut novel. Okay. And I know she had a new one that just came out this year called Wildfire. And I'm I'm going to check it out. And there's going to be a third one. So she's kind of starting a series. So it's like going to, it's called the Maple Hill series, which is the college that all these people attend. Mm-hmm. So I know the third book involves a character that was in this book. 
Okay. So she's going to kind of do an intertwining series, but you can read them standalone is what I'm assuming. You don't have to okay. like read them all together. I do because OCD, but yeah. you can read yeah. them however you want to. But yeah, so I read other books beside the podcast books and I count listening to them as reading because it's still... Absolutely. It's still concentration, which I didn't think I could do, but I did it. So I'm proud of myself. <laughs> this is such a big debate on like whether audiobooks, whether listening to an audiobook is can be counted like towards your book goal. First Mm -hmm. of all, who cares? The book goal is not that serious, but you're still getting the entire story. I don't know why it wouldn't count as reading just because you're able to multitask. I think that that's being a woman. I don't know. (laughs) No, I I agree. And actually, my favorite read from this month was actually the sanatorium, which we did for the podcast. That was actually the one I like the best. Yeah, that was, I mean, it really kept your attention. It did. We'll, we'll save our thoughts on that. Go back and listen to the episode. It's exactly. A, so, but it was good. I, it's I actually a really, juicy I one. that one was definitely, I think, my favorite of the month. Okay. All right. So as far as upcoming releases, so I know we talked a little bit about upcoming releases for next year, but two of the ones we talked about are coming out in January. One of them is Stacey Willingham's new book, mm. Only If You're Lucky. I bet you that's going to be January's one of January's book of the month choices. Oh, yeah. Because her other two were options. Oh, you know what else is going to be a book of the month pick? Alex McAleedy's new book. Oh, my God. Probably. They posted <laughs> it on the book of the month Instagram. But oh. it's one of the... Yeah. Oh, did they do the release for January books? I only saw that. And then when I went on the book of the month website, it said you couldn't do it until January 1st. But I don't know. Maybe it was like they were posting no, a teaser or yeah, something. They, they, it probably is a teaser because I don't see anything on the app yet. But oh, my goodness. Yeah. I I did receive that as a gift for Christmas. So I'm very Yay. excited to be reading current... Mm-hmm. You know, the current hype books, but I will not be picking that one. No, but Stacey Willingham might be an option. So you can yeah, go down that route. Because I really like Flicker in the Dark. I have her other one, but I haven't read it yet. I think you have it also. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did not read it yet, but I do have All it. The All the Dangerous Things. things. Yes. Yeah. And then another one coming out in January is No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. She's the one who wrote What Lies in the Woods, which is a really great thriller also. Also a book of a month choice that I got last year. Yeah. Didn't read it yet, but I have it. Yeah, that's a good one. So maybe, I mean, they're both contenders for book of the month. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because they do a lot of repeat authors. Yeah. Um, are there are there any other ones that you're looking not forward to in for January? January? Not okay. for January. Not that I saw for January. February, yes, but not January. Okay, so we'll have to report back on those. All right, so book news. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you said because you <laughs> said you fell down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I did. Yes, I fell down a rabbit hole when I was... So our friend Kristen, follow her on TikTok at Teacher Pay with K. She sent me a TikTok about Kate Coran, who I'm going to talk about first. And then I fell down a rabbit hole after that, which led me to further book news. It's all depressing. And it's actually like book Twitter. Book Twitter is just like popping off. I'm not going to call it X. It's Twitter. Okay, so Kate Coran made a bunch of fake Goodreads accounts so that she could. Yeah, so this is crazy. So she did this to leave one star reviews on a bunch of her debut peers, like specifically people who had debut novels. And she just review bombed them with one star reviews, even ones who had written little blurbs for her book. Like, you know how they write the little Mm -hmm. like, oh, the next woman in the window or whatever. She also specifically targeted 
BIPOC authors. Don't like that. Don't like that. Um, And it just turned into this huge mess. So the fake review accounts were leaving five-star reviews on Kate's books, obviously. And Kate claimed that she had nothing to do with it, that she had brought it up with her publisher, and they were trying to get to the bottom of it. Then she switched her story. She said it was someone she knew named Lily, Mm -hmm. who was just trying to support her. But no one has found proof that this Lily person even exists, because they don't. And this really isn't the end of the drama, because it's ongoing. There's this whole other rabbit hole where one of the authors who was affected used a term that others were deeming ableist. So now she's been under fire, even though she's a victim of the original issue. It's a huge mess. And the affected authors are still trying to see if there's a way to resolve these issues with Goodreads, because how do you prove that these are fake reviews? How do you get them taken off? Like, you know, you can't just be sending TikTok links to Goodreads and be like, but look, here's the evidence. (laughs) But in the meantime, Kate Cran has been dropped by her publisher, by Illumicrate, and by her agent. I mean... It's why why this something why? like something something similar to this happened earlier this year. Just be chill. Like you'll if you're meant to be this super popular author, your work will show that for itself. You don't mm-hmm. need to have this negative energy and try to try to ruin other people, other authors' credibility. It's wild, especially as a debut author and then attacking other debut authors. Mm-hmm. Like yes technically they're your competition but you're also all supposed to support each other like so many authors that i follow are always giving recommendations for other authors they're always giving recommendations for other books like this is something where we should be lifting each other up instead of trying to ruin other people's careers before they even take off and especially the fact that it's people of color who already have to fight harder to Mm -hmm. get marketing to get recognized like it's just gross and it comes off super racist and I'm glad that she's suffering the repercussions of this so basically when I was researching this all this stuff started coming up and they're like oh how crazy is it that Kate Crane is getting off the hook so easily because this other author decided, you know what, I'm going to take the racist drama throne for myself. And I'm going to decide to ruin my whole career. Oh, so oh, yeah, it's good. It's bad. But it's good. So Lauren Davis accused another author, she goes by Marv with an E of copyright infringement and stealing the plot of her story. So in a series of tweets, she mentioned that the other off author was from Nigeria and insinuates that she's not surprised that this happened because a lot of crime comes out of Nigeria. Oh, no. And everyone is like, girl, you are racist. You can't like, what the fuck? So she fired off a series of tweets that are truly wow, 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 wow. And I encourage you to go to TikTok to look at all these tweets because there's like 20 of them. One of them reads... This is a tweet from Lauren Davis. Breaks up a fight between two grown African-American women pulling each other's weaves out and hurting one another at a fair over something their children did in school, but gets labeled a racist. Oh, no. Girl, read back the tweet. Read it in your head. This one is my favorite one. Is scammed by Nigerian and South African men who pretend to be in love with her and say they are American soldiers who are stranded overseas and need money, but is labeled as a profiling racist ex-cop. So you got catfished and now you're allowed to be racist? What? Yeah, so that she took what is 
which she thought was a valid thing, like saying that someone stole her idea for a book, which I also think is fucking ridiculous. Like there are so many yeah. books that are so similar. No, no one's copying your book. Like, no, relax. it's just people have similar ideas. It's going to happen. Exactly. And get this. Okay. So the best part is that the reason for the copyright infringement is that the author, Marv with an E, wrote a character who controls the sun. Okay, that's... Not the first time I've heard that. No, no, that's... No, that Lauren Davis is the only author who can have a character who controls the sun. That's, that's Didn't it. Didn't we just read Shadow and Bone? <laughs> the sun um, summoner? <laughs> listen, I can't explain it. I'm just letting you know. So I guess that Lauren Davis should also go for Lee Mardugo because she's also writing about... Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, like she's losing her mind about the fact that this other author wrote a character that... <sighs> controls the sun and instead it turned into some racist rant about how like obviously she's committing this horrible crime and it's great because if you really dig into it then you know she reached out to marv's publicist and her agent and they came out and said like you absolutely have no grounds like stop putting shit on the internet about our author like you need to back off it's just it's so crazy and like if you wanted publicity for your book with your character who controls the sun girl this is not the publicity that you want Mm -hmm. it is not and just to come out and be that that openly racist and then try to defend it in these very gross ways i just it's so insensitive it is and it's it's so unnecessary i don't know people show their true colors on twitter that's all i've got to say about that yes they do absolutely so anyway if you want to know more about that stuff literally just search either of their names on tiktok there's so many people doing deep dives into it it's it's truly fucked up it's also very infuriating but at least you know these authors are suffering the repercussions of their actions like you can't just say whatever the fuck you want Mm -hmm. and you can't tear other people down and attack other people and expect for everyone to just be on your side yeah so anyway let's get let's get to something happy because (laughs) now now i'm feeling jittery and angry um let's talk about what tv and movies and podcasts and pop culture we're into this month why don't you start us off tv shows i know we both watched big brother reindeer games Mm -hmm. which that was an adventure yeah it was pretty good i enjoyed it it was i was pleasantly surprised i think part of the reason is because it was only six episodes but I will say that these contestants have been on this show before, so I don't know why they would act shocked and surprised when they're targeted. And not oh, every, yeah. and not everybody can win. So the vibes when people were getting pissed that people were targeting them or that they got voted out or however, I'm just kind of like, but you know how this works. Why are you acting surprised? <laughs> It was it was extremely dramatic and yeah. I'm just wondering if perhaps the environment in which they are living with just the overload of Christmas decorations which I loved. Listen, I could live in that house. But I think it just like amps up, like <laughs> amplifies everything. And I love that they had to wear a Christmas outfit. Oh my god, Not I was living. They had for to wear their Christmas outfits, pajamas. <laughs> uh-huh, sometimes it was pajamas, sometimes it was onesies, mm-hmm. then they had like they had to dress ups, they had like sweater vests and stuff. I did love all of that. I was I'm just dying that CBS is like, why don't we budget a couple mil for this six episode yeah. show? And I also think 
to your point of everyone being so shocked when they were being targeted, I thought it was very tame. They were being, they were like, I'm really sorry that I have to target you. It wasn't like regular Big Brother where they're like, blindside. Like, I know. It was very weird. It was. Okay. I, I still I still liked it. I'm glad yeah, we watched it. it I was, was unsure, but. I enjoyed it. And then there was a Survivor finale, which I'm very happy with who won. Me too. It was well-deserved. It was a good season, actually. This was actually a really good season. It felt kind of like old school, like I agree. old era Survivor. There were a lot of good blindsides. Mm-hmm. I'm still so obsessed with that move that Caleb pulled when he got his shot in the dark. Oh my and god! He was successful, and every single person voted for him. That was every single person. That was literally you. Just you can't make that up. That was literally yeah. perfect. I was like, have you ever watched a season of Survivor? Split the votes, you dum dums. It was good. It was really, really good. That was good. I finally watched the new season of Selling Sunset. Finally, finally. I'm so proud it. of you. Uh, these girls be wildin', man. They're insane. Actual insanity. It's. I don't understand why everyone comes for Chriselle so hard. Yeah. I mean, I get it. She's kind of wishy-washy and I some of their points are valid but they come for her very hard mm-hmm. and just the cattiness is crazy like it's I feel like it's like next level cattiness mm-hmm. to be honest well it's just so over the top and I've seen a lot of things talking about how like people say that Chriselle has changed and she's not the same and blah 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 and it's like a lot of that can also be attributed to her new lifestyle and mm-hmm. like the fact that you know, she's with a non-binary person and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't understand that. And not that it's necessarily like hate towards her for that, but they're interpreting her being different as her actually standing up for herself and like defending herself. I know. And I wish they would also stop pushing the narrative of Jason like still being in love with her. Oh my God. It was overdone. And then when they like asked him on the lie detector test on the reunion, are you still in love with Chrishell? I couldn't. But I thought it was interesting interesting that chelsea refused to do the lie detector thing yeah what was she not wanting to answer and that spoke volumes to me because when she's on the show she'll talk shit about anybody Mm -hmm. with certain people and Mm -hmm. then it'll get playback whatever there's not as many repercussions but i think being on the stage in front of everybody knowing that she would probably get called out on something Mm -hmm. i think that was why she didn't want to which was just interesting to me i think she's definitely the most judgmental oh yeah like why is it your business like she was so what other people are doing with brie's lifestyle which made no sense yeah and then i also think like brie is not the fit for this show like your drama needs to be two-faced and passive aggressive but i that's i do love brie oh i love brie but she's too Mm -hmm. she's too in your face about the drama like she'll actually confront you about it and i'm like girl that's not how we operate on this show you need to talk behind their back you need to be passive aggressive like the last episode where she lost her fucking Mm. mind and stormed out of the party yeah i was like i love this but you're not gonna be on next season i don't think i don't know you could be right we'll see what happens yeah we'll see because she was also saying that she wants to quit but like but why would you it was a good season i enjoyed it And I'm very, and I'm also, oh my God, they showed the promo for selling the OC. That looks so good. (laughs) It looks so good. I'm so excited for that. Me too. I don't know when it starts, but. Me either, actually, but it looks 
phenomenal and I'm yeah. ready for it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. I thought it was so random when they just brought the four of them out like from selling those. Yeah, that was like, Look, weird. they're here to watch their promo. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely that was definitely weird. But and I also restarted my Love Island binge because okay. Love Island All Stars starts in January. So I want to have as much information at the ready as possible about these people that will be coming back. I'm sure I won't know everybody because there's no way I can watch six more seasons in a few weeks. Although, who knows? I shouldn't. I shouldn't yeah, doubt who myself. Knows? I shouldn't doubt myself. But. <laughs> but also some of them, even on the Love Island games, they were like, oh, I was on the US version of Love Island. And I was like, I don't remember you at all. Yeah. Like, I think the the US version was just not as exciting. So I was like, I watched all the seasons, but I don't remember who you are. And I'm assuming that Love Island All-Stars is only going to be the UK people. I don't think they're going to bring. Oh, okay. I don't know that they would. I mean, I could be wrong, but my assumption was that it's just going to be like UK people. And if Scott doesn't show up, I'm going to be big sad. I mean, now I expect him on every single Love Island season from here on out. Scott lives there. He he has his mail delivered to the villa. Like he lives there. Exactly. Like he should go on Love Island, South Africa. I think that would be amazing. And he also is super young. Yeah. He's like 21 or something. 22. He's he's a baby. And he thinks that he's hot shit. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't he think he's hot shit when they keep bringing him back for every single season? I know. I know. So then obviously I didn't watch too much because I my entire month of December was Hallmark Christmas movies, mm-hmm. 98% of the time. <laughs> but I also finally watched Barbie. Yay! Obsessed. So good. Want to rewatch it. And then randomly, yesterday, I just started watching the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. <laughs> like, rewatching <laughs> what? them? I don't know. I was wa- We were watching Disney Plus, playing Disney movies all day on Tuesday. And then I was like, oh, well, I was like, Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm like, let me watch this. And then Eric and I discovered that there's five of them. I was I just going to ask know you how many there, there was were. five of them. I've only seen the first three. I stopped after the mm-hmm. third one because the third one was super boring to me. I remember when I watched it. Yeah. So I got through the first three and then I started the fourth one and I'm like, no, I don't. I can't continue this. I don't think I can finish this. But I watched the first three. That was that okay. was a fun, nostalgic. <laughs> so random. I, I know. Love it. I was like, but okay. sometimes those streaming services, when they you're browsing, you. You're just like, you "You know what? I should watch this. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, that was was my uh, pop culture December. Okay. I was not watching Hallmark Christmas movies, so I did actually watch a lot more than I realized. Um, The House of Villains finale was on, which is exciting because now hopefully it'll be coming to a streaming service soon. I hope so. It was a really good show. It's very, it's kind of giving traitors vibes where it's Mm -hmm. like so over the top and cheesy, but so funny. But even more so, and I was listening to an episode of Johnny Banana's podcast, and he's like, this is my favorite show I've ever been on. Oh, that's it's cool. Like, yeah, he's like, this is the show that has, like, shown me most authentically myself, like, the least edited. You know what I mean? Like, That's so fun. It, yeah, it seems like they really liked it. It's it's very funny. There's a lot of breaking the fourth wall, like the producers talking to the contestants and stuff. So I'm excited for when you're able to watch that because me and Eric were like, this show is ridiculous, but we can't stop watching it. Can't wait for season two. Oh my God. I hope, <laughs> I do hope it comes on to something soon because I yeah. do want to watch that. That and then the new season of the challenge. I'm waiting for that to come on Paramount Plus so I can watch that. Yeah. Well, they're only like halfway through the season. Oh, so. of course they are. You know how long those seasons are. Yeah. So I also watched the Squid Games reality show 
on Netflix. Did you watch the original Squid Games? I did. Okay. So there's issues with the reality show because the entire point of the original Squid Games is like the power of money and how people are willing to do literally anything, including kill other people and or Mm. die just to get money. So then the fact that they made a reality show about getting money is kind of missing the whole fucking point yeah i know but that being said it was still really good like i actually i really enjoyed it i saw some like behind the scenes stuff about it because some guy that i used to work with is on it oh no way really yeah he was like posting about it a lot but it was just really well done considering how many contestants there are and I mean, it's Netflix, so of course it's going to be well done. But I was just, I was very surprised. And then they're talking about a season two. And I'm like, y'all are giving out $4.5 million to the winner. You're going to keep doing this over and over again? I wonder if they're going to wait until this, till the next season of Squid Game comes out. And then they'll do whatever whatever um, challenges yeah. are in that one in this season. Because from what I've heard, it seems that they did a lot of the challenges that were in the original Squid Game. Yes. Yeah. They did so. like a good amount of them so that's actually a very good point and i know mm-hmm. that obviously there is a second season yeah of they left them on a cliff squid games so. mm-hmm. i'm excited for that i really liked the me original too. squid games me too so we watched that and also okay this is one that you're gonna like surviving paradise on netflix the trailer looks stupid but it's literally a group of people and they either live in this amazing mansion villa or they live camping like in the woods and they have to keep earning their way back into the villa and then they can like vote each other out to go back to the camp and the thing is it's basically all of these reality shows that we watch but with just the strategy like there's no competitions it's literally just building relationships and backstabbing people like it's so fucking good i was screaming at the tv i was like this is (laughs) ridiculous but the the promo for it looks stupid because it's just like oh you're gonna have to live in the middle of the woods but like it's it gets juicy it's a good one all right i'm interested so i think you'll like that one i also watched the first season of white lotus finally finally. did you love it okay yes but this is how i feel about all hbo max whatever series the whole time i'm watching them i mean this goes for euphoria the flight attendant white lotus i'm like do i like this show but then i can't stop watching uh-huh. it and i'm so invested in it and i'm like what do i like about this because it is it's so weird mm-hmm. half the time i was like do i know what's going on i'm not sure it's so ominous i love the whole just like the whole ominous feel that's going mm-hmm. on the whole time and all of the different characters i i did really like it it's good i think you'll really like season two yeah so i just finished season one last night so i'm gonna yeah. start season two mm-hmm. and it's only like seven episodes yeah and they're already i don't know if they started production on season three but there is going to be a season three and so many big name actors it's like yeah and then the guy who created the show was on survivor years ago really yeah did he win i don't remember if he he may have won or he was the runner-up i didn't know that yeah he was on survivor Mm -hmm. mike white yeah wow all right cool um and then last but not least i watched i had to get a documentary in this month i watched escaping twin flames have you heard about this no oh my god so it's about a cult obviously that's still going strong still active 
And it's all about finding your twin flame, like your one true soulmate. And obviously, you know, you pay them a bunch of money and they'll help you find your soulmate. And it is truly so fucked up, like encouraging people to stay in abusive relationships because that's their twin flame and they need to make it work. They were encouraging people to transition when they had no desire to transition because they came up with this idea that there's a divine female and a divine male in every relationship. Mm. It's honestly, it's very triggering and sad. Like I was crying at the end of it. I was like, this is fucked up. And the fact that it's still going on is just horrible. But it is a very well done documentary. And I had seen a lot of people uh, posting about it. And I was like, I got to see what all the fuss is about. Now I'm like, I didn't want to see what all the fuss was about. What streaming service is that on? Oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Everything I watched apparently this month is on Netflix. So, but yeah, it's it's good. It's upsetting, but it's good. And then as far as podcasts, I haven't really been listening to podcasts either. The only one I wanted to shout out is Tyson obviously does his recap podcast of Survivor. He had a special episode after the finale oh, where he, he had Carolyn from season 44. Oh, no way. I'll have to listen yeah. to that. You have to listen to that. And Carolyn is being Carolyn. She's so funny. They're like trying to get her off. They're like, okay, we got to go. We're out of time. And she's like, okay, one more thing. Okay, one more thing. Okay, one more thing. It's it's great. Actually, so- I lied. There, there was a podcast I listened to. I listened to the follow-up episode on Call Her Daddy, Kelsey Ballerini. Oh, okay. That's right. I just remembered that. That was because, you know, December is also a blur. And I can't remember yes. anything that I listened to. But that just made me remember that. That, yeah, she did an, a second episode this year and talked about her relationship with Chase Stokes and everything. And it was it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, because on the first episode, it was like just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think that's all we have for pop culture. Yes. All right. So how about book question? Do you want me to go first or do you have one ready? I know you think yours up on the fly like some (laughs) I did think it up on the fly, but I had it before we started recording. So mine's actually actually pretty basic and simple. I wanted to know what's your reading goal for 2024? Is that your question? Well, are you asking for number of books? Yeah. Okay. Then no, that's not my question. Okay. Um... I like, think like, like this year, my goal for 2023 was 75 and I had 63. Okay. I mean, you had a child, so I know. we're, so... we're going to let it go. <laughs> and now you've discovered audiobooks, so mm-hmm. you're going to be getting through more. Yeah, my exactly. goal was 100 and I think I'm at 122. That tracks. Yeah. I read a lot this past year. I think I'm going to go for 100 again That's because okay. I want to start reading... Okay, this brings me to my book question, which is why I gave you that look. My question is, what's your reading goal for 2024? Not number of books, but maybe new genres you want to read or something like that. And the reason that I'm keeping my goal the same is because I want to incorporate more nonfiction not a lot, because let's let's be real. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm going to read one nonfiction a month as much as I would like to say that I'm going to. But I have so many like true crime books, and then there's like memoirs I want to read. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to try and incorporate more of those and kind of read more for like substance instead of just like blowing through these thrillers. I like you know that. what I mean? That's a good goal to have. So that's why I'm still going to keep it at 100 because those will take me a little longer to get through. Yeah, I'm actually thinking I'm going to keep mine at 75 because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to reach it this year. But I'm confident that I can 
next year and I don't want to overwhelm myself and say 100 books like I did the year Mm -hmm. before. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with 75. And I actually would like to read more historical fiction. Okay. Because I really like it. A couple books that I read this year were historical fiction and I really enjoyed them. Okay. And like one of our books. those are hefty ones too. Yeah. And one of our books for January is historical fiction. And I just, it made me realize how much I really actually do like it. Okay. So that's, that's, that would be my 2024 genre goal and book goal. Okay. I like (laughs) it. Of course, I like that our questions were very similar. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. But it makes sense. It's the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about 2024 goals. Exactly. All right. So I think that's all we have for our bookish bantering. But we have a special announcement that Heather is going to detail for us. We do. So for 2024, our goal is to have more interaction with our listeners and really try to make this podcast more solid. So we want to do something special for our listeners, especially the ones that have been with us from the get. You've been through everything, so that's been fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we're going to actually do a giveaway in early January, and all the details will be posted on our Instagram, where we'll list out what we're going to be doing as the prize for our giveaway, all the details on how to enter. It will be international, so any... We do have a lot of listeners from different countries, so I believe that everyone is should be eligible to enter and we're gonna do little giveaways throughout 2024 to keep it going and hopefully get this podcast a little bigger than it is now but we are very pleased with how the first year went because we were just doing this for fun Mm -hmm. and we didn't know what would happen and it's according to spotify year end wrap up we actually had a decent amount of listeners so it's really cool yeah and this episode specifically is coming out exactly one year Mm -hmm. after our first episode which is absolutely mind-blowing that we've been doing this for a year it doesn't even feel like it (laughs) it doesn't and it's like it's opened a whole new community Mm -hmm. obviously we were already on bookstagram and book talk but just being able to interact in a in a more involved way and just to talk about stuff that we love and to know that we have people listening who also love talking about these things. It's really exciting. And like you said, the people who've been here from the beginning, we appreciate you. And we hope that we've um, improved a little bit, hopefully our sound quality at the very least. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so check out our Instagram coming up. We'll have all the details there. I'll also repost that on TikTok so that you can not miss it. And I think that's all that we have for you this month. It is. It's been a good year. It has. And now we're, oh man, we're ready for 2024. It's going to be exciting. (sighs) I'm stressed. Okay. (laughs) Constantly. Well, that's always. Well, that's all we have for you. If you like what you heard, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. If you have any book recommendations, especially books that you would be interested in us covering this upcoming year, or if you have questions for us, you can email us at fullybookedcalfpod at gmail.com. Also go and follow us on our socials to see our upcoming reads. You can DM us there also, and that's where we'll be posting information about the giveaways. We're on Instagram and TikTok at fullybookedcalfpod. Thanks for checking us out. And remember, if you need us, we're fully booked. Bye. Bye.